Hello, everybody. I'm Dr. Connor Hogan, PhD. You're welcome to The Doc Connor Show. In this episode, I talk about how to be more successful than 95% of the population. So more than 95% of people, we can be actually more successful than them. The reality in life is that it's a struggle. There is so much to do on a daily basis and we all just have to do it. I mean, think about it. You know, there are nearly 8 billion people on the planet and every day, each individual has to get up out of bed in the morning. Why? Well, they need to eat at the very least. And then there is the fact that they need to go to work. Why? Well, they need cash in order to pay for the food. Duh. And then they need to come home. Well, why is that? Because, well, they can't afford to eat, most people, that is, out. So to come home is the easiest place to kind of save money. Then we need to try to get ahead. We need to get time and money. And in doing that, it's, well, it's really hard. And that's how 95% of people do it, day in, day out. How can you be the other 5% that are successful? The answer is pretty simple. It's never give up. Hmm, you say? How can that be explained? Well, let's look at some well-known people, some famous people who have actually never given up. Let's look at one of these people and the whole kind of nuances and phrase of, well, never giving in. This was the core of this person's real being, I suppose, when it came to being famous in the first place. And when she got there, she actually realized that it worked. So the first person is JK Rowling. Now the interesting story about JK is that of course on the upside she's a famous author and she had initially begun her writing career by well having just got a divorce was actually working within the government and was an aide for the government and with this really and truly she could not afford to eat she could not afford to live and rear her baby and this is back in 1994 and this is just three years before her very first and famous series of the Harry Potter books. And it was J.K. Rowling who became the, as I said, famous author. And it was the Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone was the one that was published a few years later. But at that time when she wasn't doing so well, she was, you know, shopping. And just, she was just so poor that really, for her, all she could have was simply the cost of maybe a computer and photocopying was basically her biggest tools of her trade and yes she couldn't even afford these at that time believe it or not so a computer back in 1994 there was pretty much mainstay for people and certainly for anybody who wanted to write need to have a computer but it was a big blocky one it's not like the mobile devices and technologies we can have now we have on our wrists we have watches we have little things in our hands that are just the size of our hands this was a big desktop computer and she couldn't afford it to even do the basic stuff writing and photocopying as well you might wonder well why didn't she get a typewriter typewriters were then just going out of fashion 
So she couldn't afford to get this 90,000 word novel off the ground. Why? Because she couldn't afford, imagine, to the basic tools of the trade. So she manually typed out every version when she did get there and sent it to publishers. So she got hold of some form of old-fashioned typewriter, wasn't around her locality at the time, and she went through, and that meant every word, every single word, every single letter had to be perfect in order for a publisher to even look at it. So with that, it was rejected dozens of times. Now, just think about it, no photocopier, typing out about 90,000 words, that's basically three times the size of a usual book, and having to do that at least 30 times, uh, that's quite a sum. That's tens and tens and tens and hundreds of thousands, over 25,000 words, 250,000 words, what am I saying, 90,000 words per copy. So she did this dozens of times until finally Bloomsbury, a small London publisher, they gave her a second chance. And this was when the actual chief executive officer's eight-year-old daughter just really and utterly fell in love with it. They fell in love with the book. So she never gave in. Just think about it. 1994. This is just right when the internet is beginning as such within a couple of years. So she obviously saw the potential of her reach. She obviously saw the potential of what she could do and she believed in herself. She never ever gave up. Another writer of this ilk who actually was well famous at that stage but had such talent but had a lot of setbacks was Stephen King. Now King was, well he was completely broke. He had nothing and he was struggling. And he was just trying to first, trying to start to write really. And he was actually living, believe it or not, in a trailer. Now, okay, he was married, he had a nice wife. And she too was a writer. Maybe that's a good thing because she could actually understand things from his point of view. But they both actually had to work several jobs each. And this was just to be able to support the family. Whilst they actually were individually and collectively trying to pursue their own craft of writing. They were skin dirt poor, and I mean it, they hadn't a bean, not a penny, wenny, wenny, not a cent, not a red nickel, nothing. They were so poor. Imagine a trailer, I don't even know if they were in Trailer Park, but they actually were just making ends meet. They even had to borrow clothes for their wedding day, and this was just, well, can you imagine you were looking forward to your wedding all your life, and then suddenly you have to you know, wear somebody else's clothes? And they'd gotten rid of the actual telephone. So this is before mobile technology, before the internet. They actually did not have a telephone. So if somebody wanted to give them money, lend them money, they were incontactable, incognito. It was too expensive for them. But King himself, he received as many rejection letters for the works that he developed. And he even developed a system for collecting these rejection letters. Imagine being that collective of rejection it's crazy but when his book on writing he recalled quote by the time I was 14 the nail in my wall would no longer support the weight of the rejection slips impaled upon it I replaced the nail with a spike and kept on writing so he kept going now if you are a writer, if you're being rejected, think of it this way. If you keep writing, if you keep recording it, if you keep documenting it, it's there. It's now on your computer. It's there on a file. You get rejected. You keep piling up that work. It's still there. Once you get there, you'll get there. Never give up. So what happened then? He received 60 rejections or so. Then 
he sold his first short story. It's called The Glass Floor. And it went for $35. Imagine, $35, 35 bucks for a story? That's nothing. Then, even though his best-selling book, Carrie, wasn't a hit at first, it too became a hit. And this, again, was after dozens of rejections. So he finally sold it for uh, an advance for a wonderful publisher called Double Day that really helped him out. And then he sold only 13,000 copies. So it wasn't just one rejection. He didn't just get that first story and suddenly he had made it. No, you had to keep on grinding it out. So he was used to rejection. And then when he didn't get the book and then the book came, he was rejected again. Then he only sold 13,000 copies, which isn't going to really you know, feed him so much wasn't great so he had to sign and re-sign and eventually he got the rights and money of four hundred thousand dollars and then two hundred thousand which went to him so four hundred half of that went to the publisher half went to him but he achieved from there on in he achieved another great guy is jim carrey the actor carrey never ever gave up and he told his father when he was 14 years old that, you know, I was going to make this, I'm going to make this, and he did. So when he was 14 years old, his father himself actually lost his job, and his father was actually in the comical business as well, he was an entertainer. And his father then had hit tough times, and they both, the whole family that is in fact the Careys, they moved into a Volkswagen van, so worse again than a trailer for Stephen King. Carey moved into a Volkswagen van on a relative's lawn, and the young aspiring comedian, which Jim Carrey's dad was, he was so dedicated to what he wanted to do that he mailed his resume, CV's curriculum vitae, to the Carol Burnett Show. And this was just a few years earlier at the age of 10, imagine. And he took eight hours per day to work in a factory job after school to help make ends meet. So Jim Carrey knew from 10, 14 and so on that he was going to do it. He believed in himself. He wasn't going to give up even though his father had them living on a friend or family member's lawn. By the age of 15, Jim Carrey then, he performed his comedy routine on stage for the first time. And his mom made him, well, wear a suit. And, uh, that's credible enough. And after that, it was the start of things. He was undeterred even though it didn't go well. Because next year, by the time he was 16, he decided, that's it. I'm gone from school. I'm going, I'm going to hit the comedy full time. He went to Los Angeles and like, who does not go to Los Angeles? And there, he would park on Mulholland drive every night and visualize that he was going to have success and he even went so far as writing himself a check for 10 million dollars for actors services rendered this was a backdated check to himself and it was for him to imagine and him to visualize that he was going to succeed fast forward dumb and dumber no he ain't no dumb and dumber he was a star of dumb and dumber and he earned a lot of lula and there was the cable guy and there was some other notable movies too he was a star so if jim carrey can do it if he never gives up if he had to just be on a lawn with a trailer and if stephen king can do it the great fantastic author and the star with the book carrie if he was in a trailer also and if jk rowling couldn't even afford the tools of which to craft her first wonderful harry potter if they can do it, you can too. So all you need to do is never, ever give up. Until next time, thank you for watching. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Please do. Until next time, I really mean to you, have a wonderful day.